0: and not replace the church and faith community God has called you to be a part of locally. With that said, engage with us over the next thirty to forty minutes as we dig into the Word of God proclaimed. We're going to dive into the Book of Psalms, and you're gonna, you're really gonna enjoy the message today. And I'll tell you why. There's a lot of uh, it's. The millennials would say It gets all up in your feels Um, And what that means Is it really hits you at the heart Okay, That's what that means For anybody who might not understand Um, Psalms 84 We're in the second week of a series About serving And why serving Um, And what we found out last week Is that when Christ transforms your heart The response we should have is to serve Him and to obey Him. That He served us on the cross. He served us and gave us a way, made a way for us. And so our heart response should be that we want to serve Him. We want to obey Him. So here's a news flash. Here's a PSA. If you said a prayer, let me clear this up. If you said a prayer inviting Jesus into your heart, but you do not desire to serve and obey Him, the words meant nothing. Look, everybody just said, okay, I'm not coming back to this church anymore. You know what? He's done hurt my feelings. You must understand this morning that just saying words, what does the Bible say? You must confess with your mouth and what? Believe. you got to believe it. So there are lots of people who say the prayer and think they've got their fire insurance. But the true story of biblical um, significance is that, When Christ enters your heart, things change. You change. And if that's not the case, I'd check yourself. Um, And I don't mean to come across too aggressive this morning, but if if you leave here and you think, oh, well, check that box. Um, I'm good to go. I'll see him in heaven. I'll go live like the world and do what I want. I'm the king. Well, no, that's not the case. What we found out last week is that Christ When he enters, he transforms. And the response to that is, I want to serve. I want to obey him. I want. I desire that. And so, this is the second week. And what I want to talk about serving is that everybody has a place. Everyone in here, if you're under the sound of my voice, you have a place here to serve. Um, Psalms 84 uh, begins, not even in the first verse, if you're there with me, it says, For the choir director, a psalm of the descendants of Korah to be accompanied by a stringed instrument. The psalms was all written by this guy named David. Okay, David put all these psalms together. Some of them were written by David personally. Um, we, we not, we're not sure who wrote this one specifically, but we think it's David because it sounds like him based on the, the other chapters. Now, he wrote it about these guys, the descendants of Korah, which brings me to a story. How many of you like stories? Okay, here's a story for you. I was interning in Cleveland, Tennessee. And in Tennessee, it's like, you think this is the, we're part of the Bible Belt here, but it's, in Tennessee, you're deep in the Bible Belt. You're like at the buckle, of the Bible Belt So everybody's a Christian because you live in Tennessee Really um, And so at church, church is a big deal Down there it, It's not just a Christian thing It's a culture thing, everybody goes to church um, And it's, it's shifted away from that But I remember going to church My second week as an intern at this church And there were two of us, two interns Me um, and a guy named Jeremy now, Jeremy, we were both freshmen at Lee University in Cleveland, Tennessee. Um, I had some skills about me. I could play the piano. I could sing. Um, Jeremy couldn't even play the radio, okay? so and, and just outside of music, if he touched something, it broke. Do you know people like that? Like, they try and fix something, but they make it worse. This was Jeremy. Jeremy, now... He was the nicest guy, but he could never do anything right. He found it. We took the church bus to Six Flags in Atlanta. We asked him, we said, hey, listen, when we get back, we need you to take the van, go fill it up with gas, okay? But make sure you do it before anybody takes it out. He said, sure thing. He got distracted by a deer because he's, he's an avid hunter. He was terrible at it, but he was an avid hunter. Miss Saw a deer, went chasing after it, because in Tennessee, everybody's got a gun in their truck. Grabs his gun, goes chase after it, totally forgets about the van. Doesn't even come back to it, doesn't fill it with gas. The senior group at the church takes off the next morning on a trip and runs out of gas um, on the way to to their event they were going to. I'm telling you, he could never get it right. Um, Until... We realized that Jeremy had this uncanny ability to connect with people. He could talk to anybody. And there were so many teenagers in the student ministry. Anybody been around teenagers, no teenagers? Yeah, they're not the easiest group. Hey, teenagers. Yeah, you see me in the Ah, ah, ah. Yeah. See, look. They're not even paying attention. All five of them like. You see what I'm saying? Now while I had some talents and so I fit in with the music department just like that, Jeremy connected kids to Christ like I had never seen. It was amazing. Couldn't do anything else. In fact, he wasn't allowed to do most things except for invest in students. Now, the reason I bring that up is because everyone in here has a place today. Um, Every one of you have something to offer here at the church. In Psalms 84, we'll be walking through the next couple days, next couple weeks, I mean, talking about what it looks like to serve. And so I just want to read the first four verses here in Psalms 84. If you don't have a Bible, there's a pew in front of you. Uh, there's one in the pew in front of you. Uh, you can take that out and see that what we're reading here. Verse 1. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of heaven's armies. I long, yes, I faint with longing to enter the courts of the Lord. With my whole being, body, and soul, I will shout joyfully to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home. And the swallow builds her nest And raises her young at a place near the altar. O Lord of heaven's armies, my king and my God. What joy for those who can live in your house. Always singing your praises. And it says Selah. You know what that means? Anybody know what that means? It means to stop and think. And All through the Psalms you'll see this word at the end. It'll say Selah. It means stop and think. Let that soak in. So we're going to stop and think and let this soak in for a minute. Now, since we don't know who the author is, we can't say for sure. But what the theologians say is that David most likely wrote this psalm when he was on the run from his own son. You think you have family drama? David has family drama. Absalom, have you ever heard this name? Let me tell you another story. This is, this is from the Bible. David's son Absalom was a people person. He could do all kinds of things. He could woo people. Absalom was the guy. He was, and he was one of David's favorites. And uh, so David, who was the king of Israel, okay, um, a matter of fact, they moved the capital to Jerusalem while Absalom was growing up in David's house Well, David was able to win people so well that it got to the point, he said, my dad doesn't know what he's doing So I'm going to overthrow him So Absalom just declares himself to be king Ramps up a bunch of armies Now, I don't know what family drama you have, you've brought in today I guarantee you, it will not surmount to this. He got the National Guard, he got all the armies together, all the people groups, except for a couple, and and chased his own father out of the city. And his father was on the run. And so while he is out on the run, what we read here is how David misses being at church. Because he loves the Lord, because Christ has transformed his his life, he yearns to be in God's house. In fact, in verse 1, it says, How lovely is your dwelling place. He's talking about its beauty. We have a beautiful sanctuary here. Some of us, and some who aren't here, would say, wow, they have a beautiful sanctuary. They may not have had great experiences here. Now, Now, this morning, some of you, Most of us have had bad experiences in church somewhere. This was not the case for David. Yeah, girl. Thank you. No, I can't make that joke. I'll get fired. Um, Now, how lovely is your dwelling place? He's talking about how beautiful it is, how he yearns for it. In verse 2, I long. Yes, I faint. So it's not just that he has this heart level desire, it's gut level. I faint, it's almost as if, and in in this Hebrew uh, writing, what David is trying to get across is that he feels malnourished from not being able to be in God's house. Now, at the very beginning, we talked about these descendants of Korah. Let me give you some background and why he's writing this the way he's writing this. The family of Korah was around since Moses left Egypt, okay? So Moses left Egypt with all the Israelites. Y'all remember the story where Moses went up on the mountain to get the Ten Commandments? While he was gone, they they made their own golden calf. They made God very angry. And the Bible says the earth opened up and swallowed the people that were worshiping. Can you imagine being there for this? Now... Korah was one of those guys swallowed up by the earth and all the guys around him. Now, his sons were not with him. You know why? The, the descendants of the Korah, the the peop, the Korahites, I think is what they call them. They were tasked with they were the doorkeepers of the temple, the tabernacle. And so, these guys were at church all the time. And in fact, Uh, He's writing this as if he's writing to these guys. They did music in the church. They did all types of things. In verse 10 of 84, he says, A single day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a gatekeeper in the house of God than live the good life in the homes of the wicked. These guys said, instead of worshiping with my dad, I'm going to stay. I would rather be at God's house. And so in 84, we see this longing David has to be back in God's house. With my whole being, verse 2, body and soul, I will shout joyfully to the living God. So he has this appetite. How many of you have ever gone? Maybe you shouldn't raise your hands. You might not anyway. This may be a little too transparent for you this morning. Poke your neighbor, say, wake up. Wake up. How many of you have gone for extended periods of time, like you went to church and then you just stopped? Okay. You don't have to raise your hand. I've been there. Yeah. I've been there. And for a little while, initially there's this yearning to be back, and then there's this numbness, this dullness to it, like you don't miss it. Some of us left the church out of hurt. And so there was always this yearning to get back in his house. I, to this day, have that same yearning, similar yearning, because my my mom's grandparents aren't here anymore. And so they died years ago. And there was just this warmth in going to my grandma's house, because she always had the same things in the same places. Like, there's this... There's still a gold tin at my grandmother's house sitting up on the refrigerator. Um, Luckily, we've emptied the cookies. But but it still sits there. I remember the warmth, the love, the the encouragement I got where, where my grandfather would take me out to the garage and pray with me. He would take both my hands and pray with me in the garage. He was a Baptist pastor. And today, and in fact, in September, we're going to have a back to church Sunday. Where our goal is going to be to to rank, we're going to pick one person. All of us are going to pick one person. And we're going to try and bring them home to church. To a place where no matter what you've done, no matter what kind of week you've had, you can be loved on, encouraged in the presence of God. Now, the difference... Here, and it's very important that David wrote this. He said, I will shout joyfully to the living God. All these psalms are songs that the the Israelites used to sing. Okay, They used to sing these songs. And so David put all these together. It's almost like a hymn book. I mean, if you like hymns, read the psalms. It's, It's a hymn book for the Israelites. And he wrote this to the living God. He wrote this in a time where people worshiped gods who were not living. And he points us to the whole reason we come to church. Can I tell you? And I wrote this down because I wanted to say this very specifically. This speaks to all who come to the house of God today. They must come without primary focus upon programs, social connections, entertainment, excitement, or self-improvement. They must come with the primary focus upon expected meeting with the living God. We, we want to have great music. We want to have excellent music here. We want to have great preaching. And, and can I tell you, I, I am not offended if you have preachers you like to listen to outside of fear. But we try and do our very best to give our as if we're working for the Lord. But hear me. This should not be a place that we stand on programs or 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 who I get to see. All that's part of it. Don't, don't, don't misunderstand. But hear me. The reason we come to church is to meet with God. That's what we should be standing on. And so David cries out here, I will shout joyfully. To the living God. And this is also why we should want to invite people. Can I tell you that? This is why we need you to serve. And and, and we're getting getting ready to get to verse 3, which is going to talk to you. Out of this overflow of abundance and yearning to be in God's house, we should be bringing people with us to meet with God. Let me tell you something. You can bring them to meet your friends here, and, and they'll get connected. It, it, there's all types of ways they can meet with God here, but God is what makes the difference. If you're here out of routine, and, and, and you're just trying to get to your Sunday afternoon lunch, you have missed an opportunity just to sleep in, because it's pointless to be here otherwise. I, I come here every day. I was here at 6 o'clock this morning. Praying and asking God to meet with me. Because that's why I'm here. That's it. I, I'm not even here. I'm here to preach to you because that's what God's called me to, sure. But my, my main focus in being here today is I want to meet with God. I need him. I need to feel him. I need to. And, and, and I have great fond memories of coming to his house. And I have some bad ones, too. I remember a specific one where we were having a church business meeting on a Sunday night. And a brother stood up in the back corner as the pastor's trying to relay some business that not everybody was on. Anybody ever been in a church that wasn't on the same page? (laughs) It's every church. Can I tell you? It's every church. This guy stood up in the back and basically blessed that pastor up once in a bad blessing. It was not a good blessing. I remember it vividly. Like I am picturing it. I was scarred by it. That's because we weren't there to meet with God. Now, there's reasons to have church business meetings and be on the same page and to move forward and in Christ as a family. But hear me. When it becomes all business and no God, it's not church. It's a, <laughs> it's a social club. And I don't, want to, I don't want that for us. I want this to be a place where people come to these altars and they, they join small groups and they join serve teams and they meet with God here. Because God changes things. And so, I don't want to beat that horse too much because I I have to get to this point because in verse 3 it says, Even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow builds her nest and raises her young at a place near your altar. O Lord of heaven's armies, my King and my God. The writer of this psalm had a peculiar familiarity with the temple. He had watched it with loving eyes and, and probably had seen birds make nests. But in this big picture, as we read chapter 84, even the birds have a home in the church. It, it, it reckons forward to the New Testament where where. We're encouraged that. Why should we worry? If the birds don't have to worry for food, why should we have anything to worry about? God will take care of us, right? So we've see, we see this imagery throughout the Bible that the, if God cares about the birds, and even the birds here have made a home, like swallows are known for being restless. Have you ever seen a swallow? Always moving. Always restless. Have you come in restless this morning? There's a place for you here. The sparrow raises her young, all in this place. Everyone in this room this morning has a place here and a place to serve, a place to make home. And that's our desire is that you would make this a home for you and your family. And then in verse 4, what joy for those who can live in your house always singing your praises. Back in the day, the the priests used to live at the temple. I don't live here. Uh, Mostly because you'd be able to find me too too often. I need to hide from you. I'm just kidding. Um, But seriously though, priests used to live in the church. And David here is writing. Man, I wish I was that guy. I wish I could live in the church. As he is on the run from his son who's out to kill him. He wanted to get there but couldn't. And he recognized that everyone this morning, hear me, look at me, you have a place here. And not just a place, a place to make home, a place for you to serve. And there's one primary reason for serving. It's because we want to connect people with a living God. Who can answer the questions that they have? Who can comfort the pain? Who can step into the mess and and make sense of it? That's what people need. Now, this morning, I am very encouraged because we have the most serving people here. Um. We have people who are willing to just give of their time, and you know who you are. If I started, I'd have to name too many people. I'd be up here for a half hour naming. But if you are not serving and not connected somewhere, next Sunday's your Sunday. And we're going to have it out for two Sundays. We're going to have a ministry team draft because it's, it's football season, okay? And um, football season lasts for, for quite a while into to February. Uh, the draft here is 24 7. You can join a team anytime. And hear me, you don't have to be a member here to serve. I want all of you to serve. You don't have to join the church to serve on a team. Um, and honestly, there, there are some positions here like serving in the parking lot. If you bring your friends and they like directing traffic but they don't know the Lord, I'll put them in the parking lot direct in traffic if they want to serve here. Because they, Je- they may meet Jesus in that parking lot. I'm so thankful for church in a society where, hear me, you can't get anywhere else what you get here. People that love you unconditionally, people that will care for your soul. And not just care about you on a superficial level. Church is the best. And the church. While we have this physical building. The church is made up. Of you and I. That's that's the church. Fond memories. Some not so fond. There's all types of situations in here today. All of us have different backgrounds. And so. And today's probably a different message than you've probably thought you were going to hear or maybe wanted to hear. But my prayer was this this morning as I was praying for you was that God would begin to prick your heart where you can serve here. Whether it's greeting people at the door in the parking lot, help keeping the cafe stocked on our kitchen team, the food pantry, the media booth, can you play an instrument? Can you sing? If you can't, we'll just put you you know, in the choir. We'll, we'll blend you with everybody else. That's okay. Um, unless you're really loud. Um, the, the, if you're really loud and bad, like Michael's loud and a great singer. Um, if you're loud and bad, we might have to put you like in the parking lot. But it, it's fine. There's somewhere for you. This is what I'm saying. And I want you to know that God loves you. If you've come here today, he loves you. He died for us. And our response to that should be, God, I want to serve you. I want to obey you. We just celebrated with teenagers today. A decision made. Yeah, teenagers, I'm talking about you again. Thank you Kaylee, paying attention, yeah no problem There's a place for you to serve If you're, you know who's the head of my connections department? BG, BG's 82 years old You know who comes up? Liz Parrish Miss Liz comes up here and sets up all this baptism stuff With Miss Trudy, Uh, Dewey helps me put on my, my pack So I don't get electrocuted when I get in there Listen, there's no age limit to serving God, but there should be a desire. So if you're a Christian in here today, be thinking, yeah, I got you. I got you. God is calling you to something. Thanks for streaming this audio from Transformation Church RVA, located in Richmond, Virginia. For more information, check out our website at www.transformationrva.com.